Welcome to Randomology at its finest. I'm your host, Sheldon Riggs, and today I'm joined by Aaron Jaswell. You're the very first guest, so I appreciate you being on and being a part of the uh, the struggle, we'll call it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the first thing that I really wanted to cover with you, obviously, uh, was the huge news recently, the Spider-Man separating from the MCU. I wanted to hear your thoughts on that. Uh, well, it's interesting because it's so much back and forth talk about what they're going to do with Spider-Man and uh, if you're paying attention to it, which most people are, because mm -hmm. you know, whether you're an avid fan or just, you know, you just really like the movies or anything like that, you know, you're paying attention. And I think that's part of the reason why they're making this struggle of the proprietary rights of Spider-Man so public is mm -hmm. because you know it's giving him good publicity but um i just recently watched a video about a guy that like keeps up to date on all that stuff and i don't know where he gets his insider information from but he was talking about how he according to his sources he believes that um marvel and sony have finally reached a deal whether I've it's heard that as well, yes yeah. what now whether it's solidified or not you know, that we still have time mm -hmm. to see, but I mean, I'm very hopeful. I don't know if you heard, but before what the, did you hear about what the deal was beforehand? Uh, it was so, so what they were doing was when Sony acquired Spider-Man, Marvel was going through some serious financial troubles. Mm -hmm. So they were, they were willing to sell all the characters. Oh, that's, that's right. Yeah. But what happened was Sony just purchased Spider-Man for, I think it was like $10 million or something like that. And then they came up with a deal where they would put forth all the money that it would cost to make the Spider-Man movie. And then what would happen was uh, like Disney would produce it, like they would make it. And then Disney was only taking 5% of the profit and then Sony was taking 95% of the profit. So what happened was Disney was like, hey, come on, man, I want a little bit more. And then Sony was like, yeah, no. And from what I heard, what happened was... Um, Disney is also taking all of the proceeds from the merchandise they sell and according to Spider-Man. So yeah. I think that's where their big bickerment was coming from. And it was pretty interesting to hear about that and see how it ends up playing out. I think the idea that Spider-Man wouldn't be part of the MCU is one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard of, though. Especially with how they've built him up uh, in the last films and especially with uh, Far From Home being so widely successful and how, you know, it, it very much seems like they're trying to have Peter take up the mantle of the legacy that Tony Stark has left behind. Big time, yeah. Um, you know, it's very, very apparent that Tony Stark trusted Peter and decided, hey, you know, I could leave my future in the hands of this young kid's potential. Mm -hmm. So... It, it kind of messes up the storyline big time. It, it, it most definitely <laughs> does. And a part of the big thing I think would be most beneficial to both parties is say, you know, leave Tom Holland as our Peter Parker, leave him in the MCU, mm -hmm. you know, and then what Sony should do from this point is they should build off of their Into the Spider-Verse, which was widely popular, very, very successful. Yeah. They should try and... <clears throat> start the creation of the live action universe for that so you know we keep tom holland as the mcu peter parker but then they create a new peter parker maybe without the backstory because we've seen the backstory way too many times at this point 
But yeah, it's, it's <laughs> but create another Spider Man, create another Peter Parker, and then you know bridge it open to the possibility of a Spider Verse. That's then, not a bad idea at all. And and that would be so wild. And I know, like you know, Far From Home, they teased the idea, mm-hmm. and Peter was so excited about the fact that Mysterio could have been from you know a multiverse. Mm-hmm. Oh my God! And then you know it it open fans eyes because then they thought oh wow what if we were getting into the multiverse this is really really big yeah well the funny thing too is you wonder will they will they allow that though because it seems like nowadays what's happening with spider-man the character is they're really building him around tom holland and everybody loves him as an actor he might even some would argue be the best actor to play the role mm-hmm. up to this point and I know that he currently has his contract solely through Sony, not through Disney or, you know, whoever else might want to venture into the Spider-Man story. But um, that, that's the funny thing to me is, will, will they let him go? And what are they willing to, what is Disney willing to give up in order to allow him to come solely to their thing? But I don't see that as being a bad solution. No, not at all. It is Disney, right? Who... Who's producing it, I believe. Yes, yeah, yes. I thought so. Um, what becomes part of the problem, I feel like, is, uh, you know, just like Fox. You know, Fox was not willing to play ball with Disney. Mm-hmm. And then Fox got bought out by Disney. <laughs> so I fear that, you know, if Sony keeps this up, Disney will be like, you know what, we're just going to buy you too. Mm-hmm. And we're just going to bring everything under house. Which... I wouldn't say is necessarily a bad thing, but at the same time, you know, Disney's becoming really, really big, buying basically all the other competitors out. Like, what does that yeah. bring us? Well, and what does that leave us with? A and fat monopoly is what it, it leaves exactly. us with. Well, that's the funny thing, too, is you look at Disney, and they're this multi-billion dollar company with sources of revenue coming from just about everything that you may be you know, you, if you're a sports fan, they got ESPN. If you're somebody who likes regular TV, they got Fox. It doesn't matter where you go. They have something. Now soon, if you're somebody who only streams things, they're going to have a Netflix competitor. <laughs> so it's like that. I think that's part of the reason why Sony and these contract things have been like, no, you're only keeping what you're getting because they're already like, dude, you're making bank on everything. You don't need any more. But Disney's like, hey. so yeah that's a it's an interesting uh little thing that happened there um segueing into the next topic is something i've really noticed has been tested in creating this podcast the power and the strength of unlocking the whole mind (laughs) it's kind of a weird turn in here but um you notice when uh, something i i heard the other day which was really interesting you notice when you're trying to do something that you feel is important to yourself and you get to that point where you're struggling to do it and nothing's going right. Well, I, I've heard a lot of people who have made it say that that's when you're about to make it. Mm-hmm. So it's so I'm just sticking to that mindset, but it's really hard pushing through when you spent hours upon end trying to get one little thing to work. But I think the idea of, of success can really power you through to actual success, which is interesting to me. Um, I know you have a theory on that. Uh, it's it's out there. Um, 
obviously, you know, you're, everyone's going to have their different beliefs, and part of it is believing in yourself. Um, you know, it's it's very essential that regardless of what anyone else tells you, that, you know, you have to believe in what you believe in. Obviously, don't go crazy with that because that's what, what causes problems. But, mm -hmm. like, you know, there's you know, evidence throughout history that points to, you know, feats of just amazing capabilities, you know, the pyramids and oh, yeah. just other, anything like historical that you just have to look at and wonder, wow, how did they do that? Like the recent discoveries of massive cities inside of the Amazon that no one ever knew existed. Yeah, and people yeah. were like, how do they survive yeah, exactly. off of nothing? Exactly. Things like that. And I think it's just part of basic human evolution. Um, but for some reason as a whole, that part of humanity has been possibly wiped out. Mm -hmm. And so we're left to our own devices and we're left to try and figure out how to re-unlock what humanity has already unlocked. And obviously it's just a, you know, a small theory, but in my own opinion, I believe that, you know, humans are capable of much more than what is presented. You know, you see stories of, you know, kids or parents in times of crisis, you know, helping their, you know, their family out. Like, mm -hmm. uh, I don't remember, it was some odd years ago, but uh, there was some natural disasters happening and a large tree had fallen on this child's mother. And, you know, it might've been a mix of adrenaline and like the situation, things like that. But this small boy, he had to be like five or six years old, was able to lift this tree off of his mother to save her. I did hear that story. Yeah, that's phenomenal. Yeah, and so, like, you know, just things like that lead me to believe that, you know, humans but, are capable of achieving things like that on the regular, but something, you know, up there mentally is, is blocking, blocking us, is prohibiting us. Well, a, re a really neat thing about that, too, is, again, going back to people who have made it, it doesn't matter what, what category you're looking at. If you're looking at an artist or somebody who plays sports or no matter what, if, if you ask them, what advice would you give me? The number one thing they always say is believe that you will be successful and don't doubt it in any way, shape, or form. And something that was really neat, I can't remember who it was. Somebody touched on this. I can't remember who it was, but somebody, um, it was a some sort of um, psychiatrist or something mm -hmm. had stated that if you look at people who believe truly in themselves and in the idea that they will make it without any drop of, of doubt, their mind physically bends reality to make that a truth. People who, even if you look at someone who's ignorant about something, right? It's so true to them that it actually starts becoming true. Like a liar, for instance. Mm -hmm. If you look at someone who lies about something and they lie about it so much that they forget what's actually going on, it becomes a truth mm -hmm. to them. Now, that's kind of an odd example, but in the sense, in their reality, that's what's happening. So I think if you kind of sourced your motivation to something and didn't doubt it in any way, shape, or form, what happens is you'll notice the universe kind of conforms to your um persistence i guess <clears throat> and that in itself is I, I guess since we're you know that's basically what the topic is about but like that in itself is you know, sort of a power and oh yeah you know that that's when 
it becomes complicated because, you know, society is based off of way too many different things. And, you know, you have these beliefs that you have the ability to control your own destiny. Well, you know, people that hardcore believe in, you know, their, say, religions, not to say that any religion's wrong, but, you know, they start forcing these beliefs of, you know, say, I guess, if you believe that you can control the universe, everyone else is going to look at you as a heretic or, you know, as a witch or mm -hmm. just something unnatural because you're not following their cultural norm. Yeah. Um, it becomes terrifying to them because, you know, we live in a society where we've been brainwashed to believe that, you know, we're not capable of what we are. Yeah. We're, we're being controlled. Um, well, sorry to interrupt, but on that, something that the physicist Brian Cox had stated, which was very interesting when he was asked about the idea of unlocking the inner mind or, you know, things in relation to that. What he said was he personally believes that your mind only um, allows you to do what proven physics say that it can do. So he says that he believes that if if he hadn't been informed his whole life that these are our limitations and this is as far as we can go, he believes that his mind would allow him to do things beyond those things if he had not been informed of that. But given that that's what has been proven or stated to be the limitations, that's kind of the parameter that mind, your mind has set for you, which was really interesting to hear that from a very scientific mind, somebody who only bases his opinions off of things that are scientifically proven. For him to say, I believe my mind is limited by what we have proven today, which is interesting because you never know what hasn't been proven or what really can't be proven that could unlock certain things. If that makes any sense. Oh, definitely. And, you know, going back onto the main, you know, source of, you know, believing in yourself, believing that you can make a difference in your life, you know, the positive outlook of it. Um, it it's really really hard and going with what the physicist said about you know the limitations is because you know everyone is so keen on saying you know that's not possible you can't do that that's impractical mm -hmm. and it makes it very very hard to believe that you know you're capable of more than you are but think of any time you succeed at something any time you've ever persevered i guess a great instance would be like you know video games mm -hmm. you know you you attempt these things you fail at them but numerous you know, you times keep, yeah. numerous numerous times but you keep at it and you keep having the faith keep having the belief that you know you're gonna make it through mm -hmm. at some point you start figuring out all the ins and outs and then you do it and you grow and your mind adapts exactly and i mean i know that's not like the perfect example mm -hmm. but you know well, and there is, there really isn't a perfect example in Exactly. Today's world that we know of, at least. Exactly. But, you know, it's it's just things like that. You have to keep that perseverance. You have to keep, you know, your willpower strong. You have to keep making sure that you're building yourself up regardless of what tears you down. And if you fall, you know, the old saying is you just get right back up. You mm -hmm. learn from your mistakes. And, you know, that's with anything in life. You just got to keep getting back up. You just got to keep building yourself back up stronger. Now, I will say, to play devil's advocate, our subject here is kind of unlocking the total <clears throat> power of your mind, and some people kind of pair that with um, superpowers, in a sense, or things like that. 
And then a lot of people may argue that really, well, these examples that we're listing are just subject of the mind learning and growing rather than unlocking a certain part of the brain. Um, while I think that's true, that a part of our brain is just adaptive and, and learns, and I think at the same standpoint, again, going back to when you look at people who have succeeded, it kind of almost disproves the fact that it's just your mind and just adapting. Like to me, if you come from nothing, right? If you look at someone like Eminem, for instance, the artist, I don't know if you've heard very much about his backstory. A little bit. But starts at nothing. Somebody who is struggling to get through life. His mother is an addict. His father isn't around, you know, not very financially stable. But he himself believed in himself and the idea that he was a good artist and that he his lyrics and his ability to tell his mind on a sheet of paper was what would drive him to the, to the limelight. And if you look at that, those odds are so far against him. That wasn't just simply adaption of the brain. That was somebody who believed in and pushed so hard to get where they wanted to that the world kind of conformed around what they were, what he was trying to do. So to me, it was, it's like that's kind of a block of proof that um, it, world, the world will shape itself to what, what you're doing or what you're persistently, like if there's even an ounce of doubt, sorry to go off on another little no, thing fine. here, but I was watching Joe Rogan's podcast the other day and he was talking to that Texas, I think he's a governor or a senator who has the eye patch. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've listened to him at all, but he was in the military. He was in the Navy. And he was talking about how when you train, you go through Hell Week. It's called Hell Week. Mm -hmm. It's when that, that time where they do nonstop training and just abuse to the body for like, I think it was 48 hours straight or something crazy like that. Mm -hmm. And he talked about how if you were that soldier who was there training and you thought to yourself, well, if this doesn't work out, I'll just go home and work at, the, at mom and pop's pizzeria. That person almost always fails because there was a little ounce of doubt or another backup plan you, you didn't feel the other need to succeed so those are the people he talked about that always wind up dropping out or just can't make it because that little ounce of doubt or a little ounce of a segue out has almost completely dissolved their ability to shape the universe to what they're trying to do like if you look at what these guys do i mean it is just insane I mean, their minds clearly do more than just adapt. They turn into a beast. Mm -hmm. Like, we're, we're talking swimming miles, coming out of the water, jogging with a boat on top of your head, and then climbing things for 48 hours straight. Uh -huh. I mean, there might be little breaks here and there, <laughs> but, I mean, the, the spot you have to be in in your mind exactly. to make, like, I could never do that. No, but the only right. reason I could never do it is because I tell myself I could never do it, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's crazy stuff, though. <clears throat> anyway, um, next thing, looks like we still have some time here. So the next thing that we can really go into, which is something I've been kind of giddy to talk about since I watched a recent video over this. It's kind of a conspiracy theory, but is life a simulation? It's something Elon Musk is really big on. I don't know if you ever heard him talk about it, but oh, he, just a little bit. I believe he had said that there is one in a billion chance that our life isn't a simulation, which I don't know if I'm quite 
I don't know if I'm quite that into the idea, but um, I was watching a video the other day that was really interesting talking about, um, it was comparing GTA, Grand Theft Auto, to our life, and it was talking about how the game works. So, like, if you're on a street, right, and you're driving on that street, per se, you imagine to yourself that, and you know how all the cars are driving, there's people walking on the street, there's people being simulated everywhere doing things. Yes. And you're thinking while you're driving here, oh, that spot that I was just in five minutes ago is probably looking just like this. Well, no, it's actually a blank slate, right? There's nothing there until you get there. It changes what's happening upon your viewing of it. Um, and what I saw was really neat. There's actually, there was a a test that was done. I can't remember who it was by and when it was. Basically, what they wanted to do was they wanted to test um, I think it was particles, electrons, elect electrons and particles, and see how they react. So what they did was they took a sheet of metal, right? They cut two holes in the sheet of metal, and they had a board behind them. They shot these um, <clears throat> electrons at the, I think it was particles first. They shot the particles at the board with the two holes in it. And what they did was they created two lines identical to the holes on the board behind. Mm -hmm. So it was like, you know, they shot through it, and they stuck to the board. Well, then they started getting interested in what would happen if you put it in water and created a wave and what would happen with the waves. Well, those were kind of different. Those didn't cre go straight. Those created a new set of waves once once it hit the hole. Mm -hmm. I mean, it became two separate sets of waves. And that's how they say that I think it was electrons work. Electrons are, are formulated. Um, so they start as one. So they put a, one wave in and then it turns into two. Uh -huh. So electrons work like that. They start as one, and then I, ideally what would happen is if you shot it into two holes, it'd split into two, and it would have two separate patterns on the board. Well, what they noticed was when they first tested it, it did that. It, they didn't do any sort of measuring. They just did the test. They shot an electron at two holes. It split in half, and it left two separate waves, per se. And then what happened was um, they put a viewing device there to measure it, and what happened was kind of crazy. Since we were viewing it, it didn't split into two. It stayed as one and went through and kind of worked like the particles in the beginning, except it just went on the one side, which was really interesting. Huh. And I might be completely butchering this <laughs> test, but with the with the correct grammar and the words, but um basically what the conclusion was is when we view electrons and how they work. They work as as we um, as we've scientifically proven that they work. Mm -hmm. So they, if we're viewing them, they work like they're supposed to. If we're not viewing them, they don't work like they're supposed to. So the idea is that if you're viewing something, just like in GTA, it works the way that it's supposed to work. And if you're not viewing it, it works in a different way, mm -hmm. which was very interesting. I, and it's, I'm not explaining it to the cleanest ability, but to me that is just wild that they 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 were able to prove that when you look at something, something as natural as an electron, it works differently than when you don't look at it. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> I know that's a, that's a lot. It's, it's a lot. There. Um, <laughs> and you know, with with a topic like this, you know, it's been scrutinized ever since. You know, uh, the Matrix. You know, oh yeah. That the Matrix is probably one of the biggest mm -hmm. 
you know, uh, attributes to whether we live in a simulation world or not. Um, you know, it was just such a fantastic work of, you know, what could possibly be uh, that you know, people started delving into it. Now, whether it's the exact same scenario or not, you know, that's up for debate. But oh, for sure. as a whole, you know, there, there are some very valid points as to, um, you know, is, is what we're doing a reality or is it just some figment of a program or, you know, it's, it's a lot to take in. It is. And the, the, the cool thing, too, that if you listen to Elon Musk talk about it, he actually wants it to be true. Um, he has been on the record of stating if it is true, so what? You know, there's nothing we can do about it, yeah. but it would, but it's positives far outweigh the negatives. If it were true, the things that we could develop and create, according to Elon Musk, are out of this world. Um, so to me, it's just really interesting to hear one of the, the minds, the true minds of this generation speaking about something that, is, uh, that a lot of people have so heavily debated and yes. really just kind of discounted as misbelief. I'm not saying that I personally agree or believe that that's the case. I mean, how how would I know? I mean, I guess is the exactly. thing, but and really, is it something I need to dwell over? <laughs> but the idea of it is very intriguing to listen to. Yeah, and and just the thought process between you know all parties that's that's also quite you know exciting in a way to listen to see what everyone's opinions are of mm -hmm. whether we are or aren't in a simulation. Um, and you know, people get very, very heated about, <laughs> you know, whether it's an actual reality. And I think like, well, part of it, it's reasonable because like, you know, you have to think about if it is a possibility, that's really terrifying. In oh a way. yeah. Because, you know, here we are sitting here living our day to day lives. And then, you know, someone comes along and says, Hey, you're in a simulation. This technically isn't real. Like, yes, it is happening, but, but it's not. It, but it's not at the yeah. same time. And that's such an abstract concept to think about. Because, <laughs> it's you know, almost something our minds couldn't really barely comprehend. Yeah, even even trying to talk about it like as we are now and trying to explain it, like my mind is still trying to grasp the concept of like <laughs> Am I actually saying these things, or you <laughs> yeah. know? But obviously, you know, I am because you're hearing it. Well, to go on on a less intelligent um, <laughs> coverage of this, even though the whole thing's probably been pretty unintelligent from my <laughs> end, because I doubt I filled that uh, experiment in correctly at all. But the conclusion I stated was the one that they made. But anyway, something I've always looked at in life is when you talk to people, like just anybody. You notice that most people are actually pretty good. Yeah. Like if you talk to somebody, they're not poorly intentioned. They're pretty good people. So you always wonder, why is it that sometimes we randomly have these horrific, crazy things happen? Like you look at someone who goes and commits a murder. You look at someone who, for instance, to quote recent tragedies, somebody who goes and shoots up in a Walmart. Um, you look at those things and you think when you speak to people how how nice how nice people are and how good intentioned people are and you wonder how does that happen and sometimes you think to yourself well you know if if let's say life was all a simulation and somebody decided to control one person and was getting bored of the regular simulation 
well, that would make a lot of sense, you know, in, in terms of, oh, this person was really nice, but then randomly they decided they go and kill a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. To me, that seems like a very flagrant, I don't know, a very flagrant idea. Um, and I, maybe I'm just being naive and believing that most people are generally good. I don't know. Well, it's not a bad thing to believe that most people are good. I mean, think about going, let's let's go way, way back and like not necessarily in history, but like to your own life, you know, mm-hmm. when you're born, you're not born good or bad. Yeah, you're, you're right. You're just, you're just brought into existence and then you're taught. So mm-hmm. how you're raised, how you're affected by your environment, that Vastly, yeah, affects whether on. you become good or bad. And you know, believe it or not, the majority of humanity is good because if everyone was bad or if the majority of humanity was bad, this world would be in a anarchy. lot worse shape than it is. Yeah, anarchy. And, you know, there would be constant overrulings of the government. That, who can say time. that there would even be a government? in place mm-hmm. you know people would be on the streets slaughtering each other at all times you know it'd be like the purge 24 mm-hmm. 7 so you you have yeah, to be. <laughs> so, be a disaster so you ha- kind of have to believe that you know it humanity for better or worse is more on the side of the good spectrum or good intention or yeah or good intention <clears throat> and even even if you do say like as you said you know cross somebody and you talk to them and you're like oh hey that person was really nice but then they do turn around and you know, go and do something tragic as shoot up a public establishment well at when in that interaction with them you know it was a good intentioned good conceived you know product of conversation mm-hmm. and you know we we have no idea of knowing what's going on in someone's head, but the fact of the matter is they thought that you were worthy of that said good interaction. And, like, I'm not saying that they were in the right, obviously, but humanity as a whole tries to be good, whether they have bad, you know, intentions in their mind, you know, they, they mask it. And For sure. That, that's, that's part of the problem, but at the same time, we should consider ourselves lucky that, you know, despite what you know craziness they have brewing um you know they're still trying to do some good or keep up in appearance well and to go off onto a little bit of a different direction when it comes to people having good intentions i i notice that's my biggest frustration with politics today is you look at everybody on no matter what side they're on they clearly have good intentions in my opinion their intention is to make the world a better place and to make where they live more suitable for everybody. Mm-hmm. I just think everybody tends to disagree on how to achieve that and how to arrive at that location of, you know, everybody having the, the most uh, qualitative life that they can possibly live. So it's, to me, that's that's kind of sad when you see people get so angry with each other and almost hate each other yeah. over achieving over how to achieve the same goal because like i said i think everybody although they some people may be ignorant to some things or they may not understand some things or their perspective may not be exactly as in others but i think in the end everybody for the for the most part generally wants the same things yeah so it's it's frustrating to look at people um 
get so heated about those types of things when really everybody wants kind of the same thing. And the problem with that also with, with politics is it's, you know, it's kind of the same thing as the problem with religion is like you have, you know, the loose believers in what's right, what's wrong, whether their opinions are being conveyed by the representative properly or not. Then you have, you know, people that are a little bit more strongly, like, believing. Like, their their foundation is there. They know what they believe in. Uh, they like what they see. They like what they hear. But, you know, they're not going to go out and, you know, try and persuade you otherwise. They'll tell you why they believe in, you know, their way. And then they'll try and let you understand, you know, th this, is, this is where we want to be it, as a whole is just basically explaining ourselves and then trying to understand one another mm -hmm. rather than, you know, going to the extreme side where everyone has an opinion. They think their opinion is right mm -hmm. and then they want to shove their opinion down your throat. And then that just causes more commotion because, you know, not everybody wants to take in what you have to say. So you have to be really, really careful. And that's the problem is, you know, we're not careful. We say things without quite thinking yeah, about it because we yeah, yeah exactly without the processing and it's just because we think we're in the right mm -hmm. and we're not willing to listen to what other people are going to say well that's that's the interesting thing about humans too is you know when you you know that you're good intentioned as a person and you believe that you've done your due diligence and what you believe mm -hmm. and some people believe that even though it may not be totally true um, and I think everybody has some standpoint of learning and growing from things, but um, that, that's kind of the, uh, the sad part or the, the tough part to understand is that everybody, while when you look at someone and you're trying to explain to them your opinion, right, uh -huh. and maybe they're rejecting your opinion or they don't agree with your opinion and you both get very frustrated and you start to say things that maybe you wouldn't normally say because you're now frustrated that they aren't listening to your opinion. Mm -hmm. That's just, you have to understand as a person that that person believes that their opinion is well-intentioned and properly thought out, and they didn't just come up with it randomly out of nowhere. I mean, they have experiences in life, and they're very passionate about their opinion. So when I think that's the problem, is we don't respectfully try to share our yeah. opinions. Like you said, we shove it down people's throat and, you know, take my opinion, take it. Right. And, no, and that's just not how people work, especially if you start to realize maybe at some point your opinion wasn't as great as you thought it was. Mm -hmm. That's when people really start to become, I don't know, rogue, I guess you could say, because they don't, people don't like admitting that something that they've worked very hard to obtain may not be correct. Mm -hmm. So I think that's part of it is, if maybe we all conversate and share our political opinions more respectfully, people will have more time to kind of go through that process of, was I right about this? Was I wrong about this? Was this person right or wrong? And how can I formulate my opinion to be a stronger, better for society opinion? And something that I feel like could, you know, really back an opinion, especially if you're very, very motivated about it or, you know, it's something that you are really inspired by or and just anything that like, you know, gets, gets you going, um, you know, look some fact into it, bring some fact into oh, your yeah. opinion and help back your opinion, you know? And then when you explain it to someone, use it as like, 
an educational tool, not a belittlement tool. You know, that's that should be the ultimate goal is educating everyone and making sure that it's like, hey, yes, this is my opinion, but like here are some facts to say this is why, you know, I'm right in a way. Mm -hmm. And like I'm not saying that you're necessarily wrong, but there are points that we both have to understand that sure. we could be right or wrong about. And that that as a process as a whole would be, you know, a grand improvement over how we operate from our day-to-day -day lives. Well, and touching on that point, too, uh, I listen, I'm sure, as you know, to <clears throat> psychiatrist Jordan Peterson quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Very misunderstood guy. <laughs> but um, something that he talks about is when you're in a conversation with somebody, it doesn't even have to be politics, no matter what it is, and let's say you disagree about something. The problem with society and with people is we're so motivated to prove that we are right that we're not willing to listen to the things that we may be incorrect on. So in a conversation, someone may have a very valid and very strong point, but you're so interested in providing your own point and covering up theirs because you think yours is right, that you might gloss over something that is really important for you to have taken in. Um, and one exercise that he normally talks about, I think, I don't know if, I've, if we've spoken about this before, but one exercise he says he likes to tell people to do is when you're having a disagreement with somebody, listen to what they have to say completely before you speak. Don't speak over them. And then repeat back to them exactly what they said or what they were trying to inform you of. And, he's, and uh, Dr. Peterson always says that majority of the time you can't do that flawlessly on the first go around. They have to repeat themselves and clarify themselves numerous times. Because even as listeners, we're not perfect as human beings. You know, it's when someone's talking, they may misspeak or say some uh, an example that isn't exactly what they're intending. So when you relay what you think they were saying back to them, they can find the flaws in what you heard. And that's the funny thing, too, is you think about it when you get in an argument with somebody. There's probably a lot of times where you're having you guys are disagreeing on something. You don't even realize that. What you're disagreeing with isn't even what they were saying. Like you're just in full disagreement and maybe you actually really agreed, but you didn't take the time to understand what they were saying. So right. therefore now you're arguing about a whole nother thing. <laughs> so it's like, I don't know. I think that's a neat exercise to kind of read back what that person is saying before you state your own opinion and get what they're saying clearly. But that's very difficult, I will say, in, in the middle of per se like a, heated debate about exactly. some political hot topic it's hard for you to calm yourself down and but i think it would be a very great help to both you and the person listening because that both shows respect for their opinion and you're still getting what you really want to say across exactly uh, and with that like you know like you said it's kind of hard to do that in the midst of a heated argument uh, you know we strive so hard to you know, say our opinion, you know, we, we want to be heard too, that you don't, you don't take the time to repeat back what mm -hmm. the other person said, because you don't want to necessarily take in what they yeah, said. You don't, because, you want to refuse it almost. Yeah. You, you want to refuse it. And then you want to say, Hey, this is what my opinion is. And you know, you want to be heard. Yeah. And so, you know, but that would be that would be so beneficial to us if everybody could just do what you yeah, see. What if you if they could be motivationless, I guess is the best way to put it.
because your motive as a person is to prove you're right, which I you don't fault anybody for that because no. obviously you want to be right, but you don't want to be right bad enough to make sure that you're hearing the other person's opinion to the point where it may help grow yours. Of course. It's crazy. Alrighty, well, thanks, Eric. Thank you for joining me on today's episode of Random All the Edit's Finest. See you next time.